0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. I have looked at several passages in the scripture concerning the deaconate, and I've tried to fill my heart with those things which are, would be appropriate for tonight. But somehow, God led Heather and Andy and Alex to read all that I had put down and left on my paper that I've got written here. <laughs> so that's all right. That's, maybe it needs to be have a double reference here for this evening. It's a great honor to serve as a deacon. Let me remind you, it is also a great responsibility. Although the church has a spiritual first goal, physical needs must be met also. I think the pastor should take the lead in both of these, of course, but more in the spiritual area. And the deacon should take the physical part. They to serve the tables or, or lay the foundations, or whatever else you <laughs> comes along. So you need to be doing those things. The deacons of the Jerusalem church were selected by the congregation to enhance that church's unity through goods distribution. Now, I don't think I need to read again. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Alright? I have it in a little different translation. Would that be alright then if I shared it from that translation? I asked a man the other night, did he want me to really nail it, or did he want me to just pass over it? And I had tongue-in-cheek asking that, he said, do whatever the Lord says for you to do. So, <laughs> maybe, I better, maybe I better read it again from the King James. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of good honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom ye may appoint, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer, to the ministry of the Word. And the saying pleased the multitude. They chose Stephen. Here I go, Heather and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte. I overlooked the whole line He, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And Philip and Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. I, I noticed that in this place, there is a special place where the word is in italics. And it says, they laid there. The word there is in italics. And that generally means that it's not found in the original. So, if you laid hands on them, It wasn't necessarily their hands. It was simply you representing God in placing that responsibility and that honor upon them. I'd like to say just a word about this Jerusalem church. It was set up as a commonality. Sometimes when you see that happen, in fact most of the time because of human pride and ego and so forth, Uh, there's a fault that's found in it. As the Jerusalem church multiplied, they found the need for equality in the distribution of goods was a distraction to the preaching of the Word. Because some perceived or felt that they were being neglected, it caused a distraction. Folks, do we need a distraction in the church of the living God Yes or no? Thank you. I thought you'd all gone to sleep already. All right. This problem was managed by the apostles through requesting administrators. These men are later called deacons. They weren't called deacons there. From among the believers to oversee this distribution. These men were then appointed to serve. They prayed and then they. were appointed to serve. I wanted to talk a few minutes about the qualifications that deacons should have. They're most clearly defined, here we go in 1 Timothy chapter 3. We find it most clearly stated there. Although there are 19 specific expectations, you say, oh my, these benches are going to get hard. Maybe not. You've got cushions. I'm going to group them in threes. Or three categories. Just group them in three. Every preacher needs three points in his sermon. Yeah. Sometimes four, but maybe two sometimes also. Let me suggest, if I may, that there has to be first a willingness on the part of a man to serve in a capacity like this. How do we know what we're supposed to do. I think each person has a different kind of gift, a different kind of personality, a different way he goes about doing things. So he has to simply say, God, you lead me. Show me your footprint. Show me your steps. Let me follow in those places. And so a willing spirit, I think, is the first thing. And let me give you one of the, uh, three of those things, or four of them, that are found here among those Willing things. It says He must be proved. Were you willing to be proved? How many of you are deacons here this evening? Were you willing to be proved? Was your background looked into? Did people look at you and say your behavior was good enough? You know, the church needs people who will put themselves on the line for doing, being on their best behavior. We need that. And I think that we have to have that proving part. I sometimes called it a setting aside period. It can be of varying lengths. Different churches I've pastored have been uh, in favor of, say, six months, or some say three months, some say a year. (laughs) I think the ones that they want to take a year on, there was a little bit of a question there about them already. So, So maybe they needed to do that. The second thing that I noticed... It had to do with a good report of them which are without. Palmetto Baptist Church has a good reputation in this town of Palmetto. I've been in and around Palmetto for... huh We moved here in 1943 up the road here on Cascade Palmetto Highway and uh, traded with the uh, Broad and Freck down near the Best Buy or whatever they call it nowadays. And... Uh, Anyway, we we knew something about, and we always had a good report from this church. And I think the people of the church are what makes for that good report. And that's one of the qualifications that any man who seeks to serve or desires to serve, I put a little question mark by that desire. Why should anybody want to serve like this? Why should you want to desire it in your heart to be looked at from all these perspectives? It would be something very difficult to do. A third thing about this willingness ought to be looked at as a not a novice. Your pastor's already mentioned that this is the son of a missionary for over 50 years out in the Midwest and in the shadow of the Rocky Mountains. I've had that same man come and speak at the church I was pastor of. And he stood about this much taller than me. And uh, John's not quite as, John, are you taller than he was? Uh-huh, uh-huh. He didn't shrink in his ability to do it, to, to put out the Word. Not at all. He didn't shrink a bit in that. So, I think that he's not a novice. He's proved that by the testimony of these who've said, I've been in his tech class as he taught. I've been a part of all these things. So, I know that he's not one who is unskilled and not worthy of taking this position. Good behavior... You've never slapped your wife, have you? You better not. Huh? Huh? I see mom over there grinning. She knows better than that, doesn't she? All right. I know better than not too. I ought to tell you something. I'm scared of the same woman you are, your wife. Well, your wife has never kept a ball bat under her side of the bed either, has she? Mine has," she said. One of these nights. <laughs> All right, not really. She didn't, but uh, okay. I like to. That's kind of a joking thing to say. Good behavior, and when we see about the willingness, we come down to that part of blameless, blameless. I don't know that there's anyone who is perfect, besides our Savior. I think there can be a fault found in everyone's life. We have to be careful that we don't magnify that fault. We have to be careful that we put on our best behavior and exhibit the cause of Christ in our hearts. So in that sense, we can be blameless. Blameless as far as the understanding of the Scripture. Blameless going down the whole list here. The second grouping that we have among those qualification lists, and this is for all deacons, has to do with balanced. Balanced. How do you set priorities in your life? What comes first? There's been a, a little thing that says you can have joy only because you've got Jesus and the O, others, and you. J O U, Jesus, others, and you. And you can have, that's great but balanced the first thing i saw in that list and this is not necessarily the list that's given here in 1st timothy chapter 3 is the husband of one wife you know there's a differences of opinion on that i don't know how any man can make it with more than one huh some people i respect very much say well that just means one at a time I personally don't agree with that. I think it should be just one. One to start with, one to end up with, all the way through. I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Husband of one wife. All right. The next thing I put down was sober. No drunkard. That's not what we're talking about here. Sober here, when I looked up the word and found it more definitively addressed. I found that it had to do with a serious person. One who took things to his heart and earnestly tried to share them with others in a way that would, would complement the work of the church. Sober about these things. Apt to teach. That's already been addressed too. He co-taught a, a class with my wife at the Orangeville Baptist Church out on the west side of Palmetto, of Noonan, rather, and uh, she said they had some very interesting conversations down there. And so she said, "By all means, take this man, folks. Everyone doesn't teach after the same fashion. I like to use an acrostic. I like to use an alliteration. I like to use the different methods that help me to remember." And help maybe for you to remember as well. I like to use an illustration. Perhaps other teachers might not do it that way. Some take a simple and talk about the basic languages. Incidentally, you're not a doulos, a slave in the service, but you're a, a deacon, a server, volunteering in that service. Remember that. Balanced, no striker. You know that word striker? Some people say the only unions strike anymore. <laughs> That's not what this word is talking about at all. This word is talking about slapping hands with someone who and co-signing a debt with them. That's what it's saying. No striker. I, I don't know how the, the society has dealt with this. I've signed with one or two people. <clears throat> Sometimes it's to my disgrace. (laughs) And I think we understand that, don't we? So be careful about that. No striker. Not covetous. Wow. What is it to covet? You look at something that belongs to someone else and say, I wish I had that. I wish I had that that belongs to Him for me. You're coveting when you do that. God wants us to earn that. He'll give it to you if you'll earn it, if you'll work out for it, work for it. Not covet. Rules well his own house. Alex, Andy, is Daddy does Daddy look out for you? Yeah, I think he does. I've seen both of you all along. I was there a little while after you were born. Andy was. and Yeah, patting her on the head as if she'd getting special attention. All right, but she's a special little girl. I got their picture on my refrigerator. All right, rules well his own house. He's taking care of his family. Worked hard to take care of it. The last thing under this, the word grave, and that's not talking about a three by six hole in the ground. It's talking about, again, that same idea of the soberness. That there's a a seriousness about it. You come across that way as if there's grave. And it says, in this case, it says the wives too. Includes you too. (laughs) Don't be facetious. Don't be that kind of a person that's always depending on humor or something like that to get you by, but depend on what God has to say. The last thing I would like to mention about being balanced is that you must be fully convinced of God's truth. Is what you hold in your hands God's Word? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable... Huh? All Scripture. It's not all Scripture that is given. It's all Scripture. Without this Bible, I don't have a foundation on which to stand. Without this book, I don't have any principles for my life. Without this book, I don't know about Jesus and His salvation which He offers for me. I am fully convinced of God's truth. The last grouping I have here concerning this series of qualifications is that he's not only willing, not only balanced, but he's caring. That's C-A-R-I-N-G. Caring. Do you care about others? Or is it just live and let live? Root hog or die poor? Is that a good saying for a preacher to use from the pulpit? Do you know what I mean by that? Some of you are nodding like you know about that. (laughs) All right. But I think we need to understand that we have a caring spirit. Now, in the matter of caring, I think we have to be vigilant. The Bible speaks of that there in that third third chapter of Timothy, being vigilant. Do you look around to see who needs your care? How aggressive should you be? Given to hospitality. Mm. That mean I'll take you to the hospital when you need to go? No, I don't think so. I think it, it means something else. It means that you're willing to give a neighbor a helping hand, even if it's just to weed his rose bushes. Uh, give him a helping hand if it's just to dig a stump out for him or help him with that. Give him a helping hand if it's just for, to give him a meal if he needs it along the way. I think we need to do that. Given to hospitality. Now this next one, again, I have several commentaries that say something different, uh, opinions about it. It's given to wine, not addicted to wine. Oh my. I've known some people who were addicted. I've seen some who simply were driving along and they finally just went off the road and wound up in the ditch. I've seen some others that hollered, yelled. You know what that is, don't you? Hollering and yelling. Mm -hmm, I thought you did. Hurt their wives. Hurt their children. Spent all their money at the liquor store before they got home. But that's not what he's talking about here. It's not... And I hate to say this, because Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it tells you not to take wine. Now, how much shall I take? Be not drunk with much wine, huh? I've had people argue with me and say, well, I, that means I can take a little bit, can't I? And there are a lot of Baptists who frequent the store that buys wine. Huh? In fact, I think if uh, <coughs> the Baptists would quit going to the liquor stores, they'd go out of business. Mm, mm, mm. But Paul advised Timothy to take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Medicinally, careful, careful. If I take one thimble full, I'd be drunk. I'm thankful that the Lord let me grow up in a godly home. We never had... Whiskey in our house. We had lots of potatoes and flowers. And I mean, flour sacks. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. I never heard my dad utter a curse word. I'm, I'm speaking from a heart now. But he never drank. I made the mistake I was in the army. I went to one of those uh, chaplain's assemblies. That's all I lot of say about it. And they were having communion that day. And I felt like, well, boy, I need to have communion. And I went down to the front, and they gave me something that had just burned in my mouth and burned in my throat. I didn't go back. They gave you real wine in there. I guess that's what that was. Now, not given to wine. Now, somebody, even, oh, well, I better not say that. I'll be careful about that. Uh, but if I get drunk on one little bit, then how much would it take to make you drunk? Some people drink all day and never, never stagger. Now, I have a problem with vertigo. So you'll see me stagger down the aisle or hold on to something so I don't fall on the floor. But the thing is that I'm not drinking something to make me stagger. And neither should anyone see you stagger from drinking or imbibing. The next one, and I've only got three more to talk about here. Not greedy or filthy lucre. That's a that's an old English way of saying, don't try to pile up a bunch of money. Hmm? And the only reason the word filth is used here is that the Bible says the love of money. What is. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, isn't it? It's not how much you got, it's whether you love it or not. Whether you're old Scrooge or not. huh? You're parsimonious. That's a good word for it. patient caring involves patience my daddy used to tell me said if you don't succeed the first time keep on trying keep on trying that's patience I've seen him lose his temper but he never okay especially when he decided i had done something bad Patience. You need to be patient. God will bless you for it. Then finally, you're caring. You're not going to be a brawler. A brawler. Some people just love to fight. Hmm? I'm not going to take my glasses off if somebody comes up and threatens to sock me. Wait till I get my glasses off. No, no. Mm -mm. Don't want you to do that either, but don't be a brawler. Not at all. Now, I wrote a little paragraph here at the bottom that I want to share with you specifically. Although the body of believers has adapted its organizational plan, we have a little different name for some things, it still needs principled personnel to properly glorify God and demonstrate to a questioning world the values of biblical living and an everlasting future. The successful administration of the church depends on the communication of a united dependence on God. You can't have factions here and here. Have it all one place. And finally... I congratulate you on choosing and selecting John Hughes to serve as a deacon here.